Hey gang, this only applies to you if you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out, which is December 31st, New Year's Eve, because at 12 o'clock midnight, the strike of midnight, that is, uh, Eastern Time, only the Eastern Strike, not the Central Strike, the Mountain Strike, any of that nonsense. Not the Eastern Bloc. No, none of that. Uh, strike of Midnight Eastern is when the window for our listener request month closes on you. So get those calls in. Now, what are some of the regulations we've been tossing out there? You know, you don't want to be doing movies we've done already. You don't want to be talking about movies that we've done. You don't want to be talking about movies that we have on our FAQ page that we will not do There's for no, ideological reasons. Just know the room. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, the room is one of the ones we're just not going to do. Oh, hey, Mark. Oh, hey, Danny. <laughs> that's it. That's what we just did the room. That's the whole thing. Isn't it silly the way he talks? <laughs> that's the oh, episode. Chip, 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 they use that same scene again. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know what? I'm going to get into it. Because we're always on a high horse about The Room. And uh-huh. I think that The Room is fantastic. I enjoy it as much as everyone else listening to this. I've watched it four times. I laugh my head off. I just know the f- for a fact that I can't make it more funny. I don't think anyone. I mean, it's oh. just that's the thing, right? That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. What are we going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> We're going to do what we just did. We're going to talk like him. And that's that's the end of it. And that's not creative. Come they, on, you chicken. Maybe talk about the tuxedos in the alleyway. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, there's, pl- there's plenty there's to do. There's stuff to talk about, but we're, it's we're not, not do, working. Don't, don't, we're not doing the rooms. No, no, we're, 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 we got to stop. We yeah, but watch. Here's here's like another little like peek into the alternate universe where we do that, right? So we'll take you on a little journey really quick there. So they're in this alley, right? And all of a sudden, they're just throwing a football around in tuxedos. Fuck! That's how we do. Yeah, that's how we do movies, right? We just curse. That's all we do. <laughs> so go to the website, check out the FAQ, look at the stuff we're not going to do. Then go over to the episode list, check out the episodes we've done because we're not doing those over again. And then call in seven one eight nine two five three eight nine three. The ten year rule is off the table. Make sure you know that because yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I wish that I Frankenstein got a uh, oh, X Men Origins colon Wolverine esque <laughs> internet leak. <laughs> Because I would get that leak and then do that movie. It's just Aaron Eckhart with wires landing in front of a green screen like 50 times. That's all it is. He just he does like the land on bended knee thing. And yep. there's something with Roman angels. I just can't wait. I can't, how about you, audience? I can't wait. All right. Here's a question for I, Frankenstein. Yes or no to a dragon making an appearance in that movie? I- I would say 70% yes, <laughs> and then the, the subsect of that, like if you open up, if you double-click that, my answer, it'll be like, will that dragon talk? 60% chance of that dragon talking. Uh, will that dragon talking be voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch also? I'm pretty sure it's going to be called a serpent, actually. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure they're going to go with serpent on this one. 718-925-3893. If you have downloaded this episode on the day it drops which is New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2013, then you have but precious few hours to call in. 718-925-3893. It's your last chance to tell us what to watch. Hey, gang, before we get going, we also wanted to make reference to Animation Damnation's animation contest that we got going on. Steve, you want to explain to our uh, fellow listeners what we got here? Yeah, we're too lazy and don't have the skill to uh, make our own promotional videos. (laughs) You got that Uh, right. So we would love to see what you guys think. I mean, there's a lot of... 
especially with the animation, uh, the He-Man episode, there's a lot of ways to interpret that. Maybe you want to draw a bunch of fat guys talking about it and, you know, you got some thought bubbles. Maybe you want He-Man to be talking like us. Maybe you want to see a fucking horse with a goddamn mask on its face. There's a ton of things to do here. And there's a lot of weird little tangents to go on and find. I want to... The most creative is going to win. The best, the most polished, cool video is going to win. Exactly. Yeah. So whether that's flash animation or animation that you're doing and then digitizing, whatever you're going to do. Ooh, I'm... stop motion. <laughs> Ooh. I'd rather if it didn't look like that Italian-American show on Hulu Plus. <laughs> what? The, what? There's this show Pasta on Hulu. Who, it, it's like about a guy who like goes into uh, witness protection. He was in the mafia, uh-huh. but it, the whole thing is just like la 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 la, la and it's an animated show. Oh, I was like, where's this going with as far as animation? It's damnation? animation, and I think it's Flash. Oh, okay. Well, so don't do that. I guess no Italian stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, I would in rather your not. Animation you know damnation video. No Italian winner. I just called it. That's it. That's <laughs> we just we just made that happen. No, of course. Not <laughs> so. Here's the stipulation: it has to be using the audio from the pilot episode of Animation Damnation, which, like Steve explained, is the He-Man She-Ra Christmas special. Like he said, a lot of tangents, a lot of great stuff we talked about in that episode. Use the audio to make a one to two minute video, not shorter than a minute, not longer than two minutes, and then just email us a link to it, whether it's on Vimeo or a private YouTube channel. We all hate movies at gmail.com by midnight Eastern on January 31st. We will pick a winner out of all the uh, the talent that we get and then here's the cool thing if you are picked as the winner of the first ever animation damnation animation challenge okay you get your artwork your blog your website whatever it is plugged on the air every week for an entire month holy shit yeah and it's it's bonus content whm prime whatever we do maybe we'll get eric to put it over on blaming on outer space as well that guy's a crab he's not gonna do it (laughs) we'll see maybe we'll kill him with kindness Uh, uh, yeah, a whole month of plugs, uh, and then also you can send us a list of three movies, and from that we will pick one of them, uh, and make an episode out of it, uh, to kick off the month, whatever month it is that we're, we're plugging your work for. So pretty big deal. Decent, decent chunk of exposure for a one to two minute video. I know we got a lot of creative fans out there. We get fan art all the time. Let's see if any of you guys can make some of that art move. I think it's going to be really cool. So January 31st, midnight Eastern is the deadline. Mail us your one to two minute video. We all hate movies at gmail.com I kill you motherfucker <laughs> Hello I'm Andrew Jupin Steven Sadak Chris Gavin and we hate movies <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the final episode of We Hate Movies. <coughs> oh, sorry, of 2013. Uh, sorry about that. Got a little beer caught in my throat there. I was packing my bags. <laughs> Get out of here, Sadak. The bus is leaving. Let's not even talk about it. <laughs> no, no, no. Just the final episode for the year 2013. We will, of course, be back in 2014. But in the meantime, we're here to talk about 2003's The Core. Uh... Who directed this? John Emil. John Emil. Who we just we just were chatting about with Copycat, Copycat a couple weeks ago. Oh, a, yeah, it's one of his. And huh? He's a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a slow his. master, isn't he? 
Well, because he also did Entrapment. Yeah, I have a feeling John A. Meal, this isn't going to be his final appearance no. on the show. No. no, no, no. Entrapment, also known as Catherine Zeta-Jones' ass. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's all that movie is. That was the trailer. Boy, she does a lot of squat thrusts, huh? <laughs> yep. She's Probably. just dodging all those lasers. Hey, you want to spend 10 bucks to see that? No? Why not? Because I'll spend three ninety five to rent it at Blockbuster when it comes on video. The core, or as I like to call it, the largest collection of the least bankable stars in history. Just all <laughs> end to end, right? It was a thing where I think they were like, listen, if we get a bunch of these like mid to low level people and get enough of them in one <laughs> yeah. movie, yeah. it'll kind of add up to one bankable star. Yeah. Like we get all these dudes in a room and it adds up to like a late 90s Harrison Ford. <laughs> That's what you're going for. Look, you can either get the Criterion Blu-ray or you can get a bunch of used Blu-rays from your Blockbuster (laughs) during the going out of business sale. Exactly. And you got a big collection. It looks great. Everyone assumes you're a big movie buff. (laughs) (laughs) They're not looking at the titles anyway. Man, that's a thing I hate, by the way. Oh, he's a movie buff. (laughs) Oh, that guy? That's Steve Sadak? He's a movie buff. He's a real movie buff. That Chris Cavan, he's a movie buff. I'd You know what? I don't want to be called an enthusiast <laughs> yeah well, i don't uh, that's the one i do i'm fine with film buff as long as you don't get like oh he's a film enthusiast well an enthusiast is like a nice way of saying weekend warrior <laughs> like to me it, enthusiast sounds like you're kind of into something well um, it means you're on the brink when i hear it the brink of what madness <laughs> oh <laughs> I appreciate anything that anyone that's not calling me a fucking loser. So I, I'll take Phil Buff. <laughs> oh, that guy's a fucking loser. Oh, that's Steve Sadak. Yeah, yeah, I know he's, he's a, a fucking, fucking loser. <laughs> so this movie's about uh, the world dies. Now, here's a, the question I have for the audience, and I mean, you know, you guys in the room. Did anybody see this movie when it came out? Absolutely not. I did not know that this was 2003. I figured this had to be like a late 90s. Yeah. Set it and forget it. This should have been like right after Twister. This Mm -hmm. should have. And I think that was the thing. I think it was one of those things where they had the script and it got held up for forever. Yeah. And then nobody wanted to do it because, I mean, they read it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, but a bunch of people did. Hillary Swank wanted like a big. Hollywood blockbuster, I guess. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. It's 2003. How do you not have Robert De Niro in this movie? He's someone who doesn't give a fuck about anything by 2003. Showtime was 2002. He'd have to do a whole lot of running. You're telling me he did a whole lot of running for this fucking Sylvester Stallone boxing movie that's coming out? He looks like shit in that movie. They like, both do. Yeah. They both yeah. look like dog shit. And that poster, those you seen those billboards around the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the worst photoshopping ever. That person who made that poster it's should be fired. It's not a cartoon? Fired. <laughs> No. It, it looks like an animate, like they like animated their faces. You know what it looks like? Speaking of cartoons, it looks like a jib jab <laughs> email video. I think in the future, all movies are going to be jib jabs. You know, like you got it. That's what this movie is, anyway. It's like a, it's a, a disaster movie jib jab. You know, you just get <laughs> ah, you punch at the elements, and then they, go, bah, 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 they dance around. The fucking thing takes two hours and fifteen minutes. Two hours, two, and unbelievable. Fifteen minutes. I I watched it today. 
And I, I was like, that can't be right, Netflix. <laughs> I almost wrote Netflix. I was like, error on your runtime for the core. I was an asshole because I was like, I, I had Christmas shopping to do last night. So I was like, I'll just do, I'll do the shopping. That core can't be more than 95 <laughs> minutes. And I'm just fucking wild away at the Bath and Body Works, grabbing all sorts of shit. And it's just fucking <laughs> the time of my night is adding up. And then all of a sudden I get home and it's two a, hours and A lot minutes. of rose-scented things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, I love Bath and Body Works. I'll tell you why. Two reasons. Amazing candles and amazing foam soap. It's out of this world. And you go on Retail Me Not, get that app. There's always a deal. You get like two big fucking candles for 20 bucks. Yeah. Bath and Body Works. This week's sponsor on We Hate Movies. So the planet is dying in this movie. The core has stopped spinning. To some, or, or it's like not spinning the right way. No, it stopped spinning. As, as Aaron Eckhart uh, uh, effectively explains, is it's like there's a wrench inside it. The core, Chris, in case you're wondering, is like a big engine. And we're going to say this a bunch of times for two hours and 50 minutes. The core is like a big engine, and the engine stopped for some reason. So let's get down there and fix it. <laughs> Just go down there and fix that, that fucking that molten sun that's in the middle of the goddamn earth. <laughs> I um read an interesting thing, and this is kind of a good place to start with this movie. In Canada, okay? Now let me find it. I want to get the school's credit right here. The right. University of British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Okay, there is like some sort of environmental science and ocean science class you can take. Sure, sure. They watch this movie to teach examples of bad science in movies. <laughs> they sit there, they watch this movie, and then the teacher presumably is like, "Nope, <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope, <laughs> yep, oh, nope, nope." Well, I mean, you do you spend every five minutes to say, "Well, that can't be right." <laughs> Like, yeah, I know almost <laughs> nothing about this, you know, science. I mean, science of any kind. I, so, I sit here doing a fucking comedy podcast every week. <laughs> I know pretty much nothing about science. But even I, as someone who knows pretty much nothing about science, is going, nope. I wrote this note that says, my ass movie. <laughs> and I don't know what it's in reference to because it literally could be 10 to 12 different things. <laughs> It could be anything from the science involved straight down to Stanley Tucci's wig. <laughs> I mean, any anywhere in between DJ Qualls as a hacker yeah, who uses yeah. the line of dialogue, you want me to hack the world, <laughs> which is a joke that we made in the Hackers episode that turned out to be a real thing in a movie none of us had seen yet. So we can pl- get free international calls with a gum wrapper. Whatever. My ass movie. That's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know what I think movie? it was before that one. Steve's ass movie. <laughs> it's the one you don't want. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the engine is dying, and we have to Armageddon. We have to go into the center of the Earth. Uh, we'll get there. How does that make sense? <laughs> and shoot off a bunch of nukes and restart the engine because nukes literally can do anything. Like, and yeah. this is, it's, it's weird. It's very pro-nuclear power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... We need these weapons. What happens if the Earth dies? We got to do something to jumpstart it. This you is how we're going to keep on going. Steve made that Nelson Muntz joke before he started. Got to nuke something. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do got to nuke something. <laughs> that, that nuke the whales poster, that's just wrong-headed and I hilarious. Mean, they do have whales in this movie, and they probably are going to get some nuclear poisoning. Oh, yeah. If that hole is right there. There's going to be a leak I, of I some kind. I mean, the, <laughs> the hypothetical science that has to go into... 
Okay, let's just pretend you can get to the center of the Earth and you're in a spaceship made out of magic. I'm with the, you. Which they're in. They take the magic school bus, that red-headed <laughs> teacher, and that fucking school bus that may or may not have talked. I don't remember. Like, that's how they, Did they actually go to the center of the Earth on that program? They were going all sorts of places. They, they were, were going all sorts of places. They went to space a lot. I think it was a lot of leaving the planet on that show. I was, you know what? I was always a Wayside Stories from Wayside uh, School kind of guy. What? I don't know what those things What is that? Oh, really? It's like uh like a weird school where uh-huh. like the each like chapter or I maybe even each book is about like a different student. Like Rick Moranis in Gravedale High? Something like that. That was that show where Rick Moranis was a teacher at a high school full of monsters. <laughs> it's coming soon to animation damnation, probably. If you can find it. Oh, I'm sure it's out there. So anyway, when you're the idea of like, all right, we we actually can get there somehow to the hottest place next to the sun and we could fire. We're going to fire nuclear weapons and just it should should work. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Earth is dead anyway. Let's just see what happens. I mean, I think it's a thing where they're just like it's it's a real like, well, why not? You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're dead in what they say in 30 days, the, the planet's going to be turned back to the Stone Age. And in three years, the Earth is going to be completely scorched. But OK. What I, I can only imagine the, the pitch meeting of this when that thing. The, look, the whole premise is, is that the core of the Earth stops spinning. Yep. Well, how would you ever, ever begin to? To think of restarting something like that, I don't know. You push it. <laughs> you get up and push. I think it starts like that, and it just snowballed into yeah. Let's just you know, nuke it. Yeah, it's like Fonzie hitting the jukebox. I guess is the idea, right? Well, I mean, there's a weird. <laughs> I'm just picturing Henry Winkler has to go on this mission. Only one person could do it. They're like, all right, Henry, you got to be in character as the Fonz as we're drilling down there. He's like, what, the entire time? <laughs> yeah, dude, if the core hears you talking like Henry, I mean, they might not buy it. I mean, it's the core. It might as well be the fucking fifth element for all I know. It's just one of those things that, like, I, the, the very idea is so off the map that you well, whatever here's, happens, here's, you're just like, whatever. Now, listen, here is a tried and true way to determine... If your science fiction movie is uh, full of bunk, (laughs) okay, if you present a screenplay in where the science that you put out makes uh, Star Wars look like Carl Sagan's Cosmos (laughs) miniseries... It's probably full of shit. It absolutely is. I mean, it's the same thing with Star Trek as well. Like, all the bullshit computer magic that happens on that show, I buy at least because it's in it's set in either a galaxy far, far away or in the fucking 29th century. Like, because why is Patrick this- Stewart's got a fucking spiky-headed guy talking yeah, to it's, him. It's style. It's like they get the fantastical elements in everything. But this, it's like... All super reality and like death is super real in this. We'll they, get this, to it. This movie loves killing. Suffering is such a crucial element to this movie, and it's a disaster movie. Suffering's also a crucial element of watching this movie, by yes. the way. Um But yeah, it's one of those things where you just like just fucking know how goofy this is. Just come to terms with how goofy this is. <laughs> so we can get going here. Yeah, I mean, I think Stanley Tucci might be the only one that gets it. Yeah. As, as per Tucci, usual. Yes, exactly right. Stanley Tucci, like almost always, gets it. Yep. He mm-hmm. just, same with the Hunger Games movie. He gets it exactly right. He's fantastic. I mean, I like those movies. Yeah. 
uh, he's the best part about those movies. Yeah. He's the only one that gets. I, I, mean, I, I feel like Sutherland gets. Sutherland it. gets a paycheck is what he gets. <laughs> Sutherland. I'll disagree with you on that. Right. I feel like Sutherland. Sutherland sees what those movies are for. I don't for. know. I don't know if he's just sadistic enough. Like he's not. I would want him to be a little bit more over the top sadistic rather than just like grim and you know. Stiff. Yeah, but if he's too sadistic, then the president becomes a cartoon villain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they tr- they try. Well, I for- mean, it's the movie's kind of cartoonish, isn't it? I mean, what, the Hunger Games yeah, is cartoonish. I, I think it's, it's a ca- bit. I think it's a bit cartoonish. It's fun. I, I, <laughs> I mean, like I, yeah, I have fun with it, but it's it's cartoonish. I don't know I, if cartoonish is the word. It's it? just all that mat. It's all the the glitz and the glamour and the thing. Well, that's the, that stuff. It's a bit, yeah. you know, that's yeah, that stuff's playing for laughs. Yeah, and then you the got world shark. engineer that Phil uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is. He's the game maker. Yeah, a game. There's a job game maker. I it's one I of the highest you are paying oh. roles, I think, in the government. I'm in the Hunger Games. These are, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it's a book series. <laughs> I, uh, this is him talking to his daughter. I, I don't know. My my, my niece watches them. I guess I don't. I I um. Uh, I got a movie to make. God, I'm so fucking horny. <laughs> Uh, anyone, uh, <laughs> I got a number on that, uh, prostitute. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying you didn't think he was really trying. <laughs> no, I movie. think he might have been a little checked out in that performance. <laughs> well, we'll see what he does in these next two movies because his character is a, a gigantic part of them. So speaking we'll of gigantic things, yeah. <laughs> this problem that the earth has in this movie and Aaron Eckhart, I mean, it's, it, I uh, was an editorial intern at, uh, at a major publishing company, and I I read a, a, an unsolicited manuscript that reminded me so much of this, where it's like... Oh, I thought you were going to say you read an unsolicited manuscript from Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> <laughs> it's fan fiction. <laughs> Kirk and Spock fucking each other for two and a hundred pages. Dear We Hate Movies, in the episode of The Core, when Steve said fan fiction and then referred to Kirk and Spock fucking, he was actually referring to a subgenre called slash fiction. Great show! <laughs> uh, you, uh, gotta get off that computer. I got, uh, a couple of emails to send. And Sutherland walks in. Would anybody like to smoke some pot? <laughs> oh, he's naked again. Uh, no, Wait, uh, but- just pot. The <laughs> the the manuscript in question was this thing called Anomaly, and it was it's actually published now. It's, ter- it's absolutely terrible. Was and it published under Anomaly? Yes, it's uh self published. I'm just I'm just talking shit about this guy's book now. That's fine. Bah. And he, uh, for the record, I uh, I was the one that solicited <laughs> that book. But it's about this guy who yeah. <laughs> is this square-jawed, awesome, good-looking scientist. He's like an FBI profiler. Like He's a genius. He always knows what to do in every situation. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly boring. And that's Aaron Eckhart in this movie. He's a genius with no bounds whatsoever. He's the only person to figure out that the core is, is uh, broken. And... You would think he's just kind of the Elijah Wood of this movie that sees like the fucking <laughs> yeah. thing, and yeah. he kind of comes along for the ride. No, he solves every single he's, problem he's in the this main movie. Character, yeah. 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 You're right. He should take a backseat to Delroy Lindo. By the way, 
Goddamn right. But, Who's an amazing actor. But can we talk about the hair? He looks like his aunt must his hair before every scene. See, because that's that's the thing that this movie does, right? Like, he's a scientist and he's a college professor. Yeah. So he does not have time to put himself together. He's too concerned. He's always thinking about science. There's, <laughs> he's thinking about his lecture that morning where he's going to play the trumpet in front of a piece of limestone for some reason. <laughs> he's just got the same outfit for every day. Yeah. He really took Albert Einstein's thing yeah. to heart. Yeah, I mean, and, and three hours at the gym, but sure. I mean, everything yeah. else is just... Yeah, exactly. He's, like, definitely the most fuckable dude in this cast. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> Hands down. Sorry, Stanley Tucci. <laughs> So uh, he's a scientist. BT Dubs, nice little cameo here from Rekha Sharma from Battlestar Galactica. Say she, what? Uh, she's the uh, his Indian American assistant there. Oh, the two assistants. Yes, when he's playing the trumpet to the rock. Oh, the the TA. Yeah, she's the TA. I mean, oh, yeah. she's on Battlestar. Yeah, she's she's a pretty big role there. Again, the, you'll I never watched, see. I watched three episodes. You'll never see her again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he's he figures it out. Um, I guess because the the what happens is the beginning, this movie opens and everyone has a pacemaker attack in some major city. I forget where it's it is. Boston. It's yeah. Boston. So there's there's the whole thing is like the electromagnetic field that's around the planet, uh, which is caused by like the the core, which is made up of liquid metal. That's liquid metal <laughs> that's spinning around really fast, and when metal goes around that fast, it creates the electromagnetic current this is what i was understanding from this movie uh so there was a fluctuation in that and everyone who had a pacemaker in this one area of boston dropped dead which yeah. must have been dozens because it's mass chaos well, did you see that warehouse that they go to it's an airplane hangar filled with fucking corpses yeah he uh richard jenkins crooked general brings uh Cro- you know he's crooked by the way because he's got a mustache <laughs> oh, yeah absolutely it's the crookedest mustache <laughs> i've seen in a while and he brings uh checky cario from addicted to love our favorite movie and aaron <laughs> eckhart to this warehouse with full of dead people like fucking top <laughs> to bottom what's amazing is they walk in and they're kind of like scientist best buds yeah yeah you know they've they've probably had some adventures in nicaragua or like whatever you know and they walk in they're palling around and they walk into this airplane hangar filled with bodies it's a bunch of tables and there's bodies with sheets over them it's clearly a you know mass grave yeah yeah and they walk in and they don't get it it's a gag it's a full gag they don't get it instantly like i walk into that room i'm like Holy shit, here's 60 dead bodies. I'm not walking into the room. They open the door. I see all the bodies. I walk backwards. <laughs> like Aaron Eckhart like bumps into a table or something and he's ah! <laughs> Yeah, he should do a full on homina 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 homina. <laughs> oh, if anyone <laughs> was was uh, ready for a Jackie Gleason homina, <laughs> it's him cuz he's he's spooked by this corpse. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25. And for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction. and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time. And the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash W-H-M. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you could lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. The weird thing is Richard Jenkins practically abducts these dudes. He has like, you know, his black hats bring them there and he's like, all right. Is this just the work of terrorists? And Aaron Eckhart takes his thought, and he's a genius and figures out immediately it's because of pacemakers. And he's like, no, it's not. He's like, okay, see you later. That's, that's, all that's, I that's to Thank you very much. And yeah. then Aaron Eckhart has a really obnoxious screenplay line where he goes, uh, but wait a second, there's nothing on the other side of this equals sign? <laughs> yeah. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> just shut up. That's what I actually realized about movies like this. They'd be much better... If they didn't have punchy, like, 1990s screenplay dialogue. Yep. Just have a really straight-laced movie. Like, there's way too much joke cracking in this screenplay. I mean, that's why Paul Greengrass makes great movies. Yeah. I don't think Paul Greengrass has ever told a joke in his life. (laughs) (laughs) And he's one of the most amazing working filmmakers today. (laughs) Now I'm just imagining you in front of a brick wall. Uh, (laughs) Anyone keeping up with what's going on in Syria? Pretty harrowing, huh? <laughs> Actually, it's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> Actually, I will say that I saw him do a Q and A at New York Film Festival, and he he was a funny guy. He was cracking jokes with Tom he's, Hanks after Captain Phillips. He seems like a nice, like a good dry humor. If there was guy. ever a sold out audience that needed some levity after <laughs> <Yeah>. a screening, <laughs> but <laughs> but I think you're right. But because I think the problem is this movie is a it's a B movie. It's a legitimate yes. yep. B movie. Oh yeah, and it it's in this style of Armageddon, which is snappy and a big Hollywood blockbuster. And oh it's yeah, just absolutely not. It's, it's not totally a- absent of that. Like, it, it, here's the thing: 
I don't like his movies and his work has appeared on this show before, but Michael Bay knows how to make this kind of crap flashy and yep. fun to look at. This is dull as dirt. Fun. Capital F fun. It's the only thing Michael Bay's good at yeah. is making something fun. Like those this... movies are bad, but for the most part, you can find a solid like 50-minute block all told that's fun to watch. And it's just all grim death in this movie. It's from, from the get-go. It's all just fucking, we're all going to die. And then in the middle of it, like, okay, the you want to talk about the pacemaker thing. The other thing that makes them know that something wrong is going on is a bunch of birds. <laughs> the birds. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, that's a Hitchcock uh, reference. Uh, look at that. Look at and they just fall from the sky. It's the silliest looking thing in the world. It's really terrible. And it's just, it happens in London, this event. And all these people are running around. It's just a bad scene, you know, straight out of the birds. Actually, you know what? The movie The Birds does a better job at a bird attack in the fucking nine. When that fuck came out, what sixty three? I think. Sounds like, right. Like in nineteen sixty three, your oh, yeah. bird effects yeah. are way better than in two thousand three. <laughs> by the way, yeah. come on, it's 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 really and it's we're on that checklist, right? It's like what's happening in major cities. I don't care, like. Maybe let's see what's going on in like Northumberland. Maybe that's where the birds are. Like, why does it always have to be like literally every? There's f- three or four disaster scenes in this movie. Each one is in a major city at a major uh, what do you call it landmark. Well, because oh, yeah. this we're t- we're borrowing from Michael Bay. Yeah. We're borrowing from uh, Independence Day. Yeah, g- yeah, 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 yeah. Right. This idea of like we got to see landmarks destroyed. The the fucking Golden Gate Bridge goes in well, this well, movie. We'll get it. Uh. <laughs> It's just so stupid. So, so Aaron Eckhart, Chucky Carrier, they are some scientists that we've met, and you know, uh, this this is a movie that's made post nineteen ninety five. That's talking about bringing about the end of the world. So we have to have astronauts of some of some kind of some caliber, <laughs> and enter the D team, NASA's D team, Hillary Swank and Bruce Greenwood. That's where my ass came from. It's this scene. It's when. <laughs> It's it's the my ass scene. It's because we I'm glad I could jog your memory. Because they're coming in for a landing, you know, uh, where we just finished our little space jaunt. It's it's 2003. We don't think NASA's ever going to run out of money, so we're just we're just coming coming on in for a landing and government furloughs. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and they're because again of the core, the their radar is off or whatever. I'm sure it's much more technical on a spaceship. It's not just called radar, but their radar is off and they're their little, instruments, their navigation they're, instruments. They're flying head on into Los Angeles, right? And it's like, oh <laughs> fuck, we're going the wrong way. You know what? The the dying core of the Earth does the same thing that the terrorists in Die Hard Two do. <laughs> Remember in Die Hard yeah. Two when yeah, they yeah, adjust yeah. the shit, that plane crashes. It's the same thing. Like they're way off course. They have no idea what their altitude is. And yeah. Downtown Los you think, Angeles. You think William Sadler's doing naked yoga while he's watching this? Like, excellent. Oh, yeah. To- Here's a question I've always had about that scene, right? That scene cuts after a couple of, like, butt cheek wiggling kicks. <laughs> Is he jerking off at the end of that? <laughs> I seriously. In the movie or, like. <laughs> Not not William In, Sadler, the actor, the the guy is the, the guy. Oh, I off. mean, he. I mean, I assume he's jerking it twenty four seven. 
Right? Like, yeah. he's just, he's been jerking off. Maybe he jerked off before. He only trusts his hand. But he feels great. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. I was wondering that about William Sadler's character in Die Harder. Yeah, anyway. Absolutely. So we're, we're, it's like, oh, fuck, we're going the wrong way. You know, <laughs> Houston's totally useless. Alfred Woodard is the Ed Harris role in, in Houston, <laughs> doing a whole lot of nothing. She's, she goes through up this entire movie doing absolutely nothing. Nope. Not, she's not got nothing thing. to say to nobody. And, you know, she's, <laughs> just like well i don't know what to do and hillary swank's eyeballing it from a falling spaceship she's like i got an idea let's go to this heading this heading and that heading and bruce and uh bruce greenwood's like yeah, all right let's go there and they go <laughs> they take a, a right and they go to the los angeles river and it's a spaceship <sighs> like my ass it's threading a needle you Want to know how fake this was for me? I was certain she it was going to be a test thing and she was going to walk out of a machine. Yeah. I was certain of it. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, well, this is just a like, test. It this, crashes yeah. and you're like, holy shit. And then it's like, eh, eh, eh. And then the door opens and she's just been taking the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> yeah. I was, Kobayashi Maru went in my head when I thought. Kirstie Alley's like, oh, I lost again. And it's got that crappy Michael Bay thing where it's like, the the space shuttle is lands perfectly, but it's like kind of they're having trouble with the brakes, and they're getting closer and closer to some scaffolding, and all these construction workers are this running asshole running. who's scrubbing graffiti off of this bridge. <laughs> it's just like the nose of it is right up his ass. His headphones are on, so he can't. Uh, I I hate the headphones. I've got headphones on <laughs> yep. jokes because listen, I have you know hearing loss these days from the loudness i keep headphones on you know, it's just the price i gotta pay yeah. but living in new york city being on the train and whatnot you can crank that shit as high yep. as you want noise is still getting yep. through and this motherfucker has got these like chintzy ass nothing headphones on just bopping along painting over this graffiti there is a space shuttle behind <laughs> yeah. you that, that, it crashed into the ground it's fucking reverberating you yep. felt it yeah you have to feel it chris thank you yeah it touches down and it's a big what the fuck was that and it does it twice it touches down and then for some reason they they put the landing gear this is this is ridiculous they're like all right the brakes are out. We have to use something else to help us to stop. We'll take the landing gear in, so we'll just touch on the ground and, you know, hopefully scrape enough that we stop. But now, I don't know. Again, I'm not a science guy doing a comedy podcast. <laughs> well. But what they do is they say, take in the landing gear. And what happens in the movie is the landing gear goes up so fast, the tires go up, and the, the shuttle crashes down. If you're doing that, wouldn't the 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 shuttle go down to the ground it would it would break into the yeah because yeah. gravity you know the yeah, tires are on the ground it it it, it doesn't it, it's not a pool table you know what i mean like it's, <laughs> well, it's just tons and tons it's and tons just yeah. part of the jambalaya of bullshit that this thing is serving you emerald lagasse's super spicy <laughs> bullshit jambalaya oh we're going to get some bams in a minute <laughs> the one thing i want to point out it's a, it's a uh, analogy I want to test out with you guys because Bruce Greenwood very early on is dead meat. You know for a fact oh, yeah. because his, his whole thing is and you can just tell because you've seen a movie before he's like you got, he's, he's like uh, Hillary Swank's mentor and he's like well you know yeah. one day you're going to have to make the hard decision and I'm not going to be there for you. It's, like, it's kind of just his Star Trek speech. Yeah exactly. exactly. Here's my question. Is Bruce Greenwood 
America's Sean Bean. Oh. Well, he makes it kind of through the first Star Trek movie, even though he's like tortured (laughs) and whatever. (laughs) Yeah, he does die in that second one, spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) He might be. He's he's gruff, you know? I mean, here's the thing. Sean Bean's in like most movies. Bruce Greenwood's in... (laughs) Bruce Greenwood's in all the movies. He's in every... Like... It's just a it's a point of saturation. I just don't notice him anymore. But I'll tell you some credit to Bruce Greenwood as far as what he's doing in this movie. I was like, I would buy him as an actual astronaut. Yeah, like, absolutely. To, to to give you like a contrast in in Gravity, which I loved, yep. a mm-hmm. great movie. George Clooney's not a believable astronaut. No, not at all. He's not a believable veteran astronaut. To be fair, George Clooney's not a believable anything other than George Clooney. Yeah, that's true. Other than da- he's just Danny Ocean. In yeah. every movie, yep. he's playing Danny Ocean. Very true. And I think he's a great actor. And I, I I love watching his movies, but I'm always like, yeah, but you're still kind of George Clooney. He's an I mean, he's an actor. Like you, you you're watching him because he's him. Like that's Cary, his Cary thing. Grant yeah, was Cary always Grant Cary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but I believed Bruce Greenwood. I was like. I would let Bruce Greenwood pilot me into space. I would believe if Bruce Greenwood, if Bruce Greenwood walked through that door and was like, "Hey fellas, I got a spaceship outside. You want to go for a ride?" I would be like, "I believe that I, you know how to do this, you know Bruce what? Greenwood." I would, but then he might take that spaceship to Meek's cutoff, and then then we're in real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say almost mo- I, whenever you need a hands a handsome mid fifties man, mm-hmm. you go to Bruce, Bruce Greenwood. I feel. Yeah. I mean, he, I, we're kind of making fun of him here, but he's, he's a great he's actor. Really, oh, no, he's really good. I will say that Sean Bean edges edge him out in one one important area, HBO television shows. Sean Bean, Game of Thrones. Bruce Greenwood, John from Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. That one hurts. It's a loss. It's one yeah. of the lost column. <laughs> Speaking of actors that got edged out by somebody, did uh, did Samuel L. Jackson in like 2000 go into Hollywood's office and he's like, no, no, no. I know that I have like... Just about half the older black men roles in in Hollywood right now. But I want, I want them, them all. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> all the roles. <laughs> and Delroy Lindo's like, no, 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 Sam, please don't. He's like, no, I want them all. And he ate, ate all of the roles. <laughs> what's What's interesting about? I mean, yes, I believe that that incident actually took place. <laughs> but Delroy Lindo, and this might spark some controversy in the room, is the better actor. Of might those well two. be. He, I. Yeah. I I it's, I it's, believe Delroy Lindo as a variety of characters. Like for example, we were just talking about this. Like in this movie, Delroy Lindo is like a, a weird kind of you know uh, uh, like hermit type scientist. Yeah. I buy him as that. I also buy him as a badass, corrupt city controller in uh, Chicago Code. Sam Jackson, much like George Clooney, is kind of just always Sam Jackson, minus things like Django Unchained, where he's like really going for it. It's well, I, I just think it's a difference of uh, acting style. Like uh, Samuel Jackson's a comedian. Like first and foremost, yeah. he's a funny fucking guy. Daryl Lindo's not really a funny. guy. He can deliver a funny line, yeah. but he's not a. He's scary. Like if he wants yeah, to be scary, scary like yeah. in Clockers, yeah. he's amazing. He, that, that's that, that. I think is his best movie, and it's fucking a terrifying. Performance. And he's amazing and gets shorty. He's really mm-hmm. good and intimidating in that. But he's not a fun like Sam. I mean, the performance Samuel L. Jackson gives in Jackie Brown is one of my favorite performances. It's it's probably the best the work. He's I mean, done. it's it's funny and it is intimidating too at the same time. So. I give him a little bit of the edge because I'd never seen Delroy Lindo really go out of his comfort zone. I guess it's just, you know, to, 
you know, latch back onto what Steve was saying, though. <laughs> Delroy Lindo definitely, maybe, probably lost out on some work due oh, to absolutely. Sam Jackson. I mean, he's kind of unfortunately gone away. I, I don't. That's see why him I was himself. so excited for yeah. that Chicago code because, yeah. like, holy fuck, Delroy Lindo is like the villain, and yeah. then it got canceled. <laughs> Which yeah. is fine. Was, it wasn't great, but you know, was Ransom his last big movie? No, Ransom was like ninety five. No, yeah. that was like ninety eight. Still, I mean, still, that's, still, that's a long almost twenty time years ago. But I'm trying, to, I'm trying because that was after. Clockers. I think his his last movie was that uh, insufferable heist movie from uh, David oh, Mamet. Yeah, you want to yeah. talk about talky talk and talky talk? <laughs> well, you you just qualified that with saying David Mamet yeah. in front of it. <laughs> I kind of like that movie. Yeah. I guess Delroy Lindo did a voice in Up. Oh, that's fun. That's a thing. The thing that happened. He's one of the cops uh, that tries to take him in. Whatever. That movie can fucking suck it. Anyway. So back to the core. <laughs> the co- the core. Now we're all the way back to the core. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Eckhart, you know, is gaining support. He get he uh, bum rushes Stanley Tucci, who's like fucking eating curtain this whole movie, which I, I'm fine with it. Yep. Oh, it is. And this, you know, say we were talking about this with Stanley Tucci, man. Like, you can't find a movie he's sleeping through. No, yeah. I think the last time he was mentioned on this program in any capacity was that terrible undercover, undercover blues <laughs> yeah. motion picture. Yeah. And he's it, just trying the fuck in that movie. Oh, yeah. He's really just going for it. So he gets him who's he's kind of like a really like a pop scientist, I guess. And oh, well, he's he's a uh, he's a 2003 uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know what I mean? Like yeah. He's found a way to become a rock star scientist. Sure. And he's just eating it up. But he also looks like a mystery men villain. Well, yeah, th- <laughs> we do have to talk about this wig. This is a wig. I mean, like Stanley Tucci's a, a bald gentleman. He's the first one to say it when he walks into. Hey, guys, I'm bald. Yeah. <laughs> but but in the he's not bald in the movies. No, no, normally he's not bald in the movies. No, not not often. You're totally right about uh, a mystery man villain. If in this movie Dane Cook popped out of nowhere and hit him in the face with a waffle iron, <laughs> I mean, he could be, I'd be like, "Yep, that yeah, fits." He could be Jeffrey Rush's second hand. I could see that. <laughs> man, yeah, that he's movie just got fucking this sucks. He's got this silvery quaff going, <laughs> and always wearing black mock turtlenecks. It's honestly kind of a, like a predecessor role to caesar flickman in the hunger game yeah it's, it's really it's, like, it's really it's, close he's got like a cape coat going on <laughs> he looks i called him broella deville like that's <laughs> what he looks like it's ridiculous so you know uh him eckhart and tucci come up with this plan like if only you know eckhart's like fuck it we're dying and him and chick carrio <laughs> getting wasted and stanley tucci even though he's kind of he's kind of the prick of the movie he's like you know we could we could save the earth we just need to somehow get down to the core and he's like well how do we do that asshole and he's like i might know someone <laughs> and of course enter del Rolindo as this kind of like excommunicated scientist who has come up with not one, but two of the most impossible, incredible inventions <laughs> anyone's ever thought of. That he's, it's both he's of these inventions on. are his life's work, and both inventions are crucial to the plan of burrowing to the center of the earth. Yep. He's, he's working on both of them. <laughs> and Tucci waited it out for a little bit before you did. First thing out of your mouth should have been this. Oh, I got a guy. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you need to burrow to the center of the earth? Hey, man, I got a guy. That's exactly what Stanley Tucci needs to say. 
Apparently, there's also some business about him and the Tucci used to be like scientist partners, yeah. and Tucci fucked him mm-hmm. out of like I guess he took credit for some development well, sure. or some such. They put the villain up to eleven with Tucci a little too much. Like, not only does he have this wig and this cape coat and like this <laughs> just cape, deme- coat. cape coat and this it's demeanor just a coat that he hasn't put his arms but through, he drapes it like a cape. Cape coat, yes. Uh, but he's also he's also since it's fucking it's you know actually this is a little dated this actually happened a lot later than it should have but he's smoking all the time <laughs> oh he certainly is man he certainly is and you know what he's missing that black plastic cigarette <laughs> yeah oh he really is <laughs> I think he probably had that and then John Emil was like let's just have you hold it that's a bit much I'm gonna mail this joke to thirty seconds ago. Vampire Weekend's new single, Cape Coat. <laughs> Watch, it's gonna happen. It's gonna. I'd I, I love it. <laughs> That's a B side. That's absolutely a B side. So some, you know, in the you know, we're a couple screenwriters having eaten some pizza, you know, just like definitely eating some pizza <laughs> while writing this movie. Like, well, the two. What are the two? All right, look. I know that there's a million reasons we can't go burn the center of the earth. Let's boil down the two biggest ones and solve them somehow. All right. Well, one. How are you going to cut through all that shit? That's a, that's a real big one. Yeah. And two, well, I mean, there's literally no substance on the face of this earth or any parallel <laughs> earth that would withstand going down there. But Del Rolando's been working on both of those things. Yeah. And, and here is the thing with the science in this movie, right? This part of it. And I love this show, and I am a defender of this show every season of it. This part of this movie is an episode of fringe it's the redonkulous alternate universe science that that show had where it's just impossible one of the things that, all right so solving problem a how do we dig down there uh flashlight laser all right flashlight laser it is and uh all right what's the other thing the heat problem oh i'm just gonna say a bunch of bullshit and then i froze it and uh, all of a sudden, it's this new metal compound that can withstand it all. That's all. That's that's now. Let's get down to that fucking stuffed crust pizza. <laughs> uh, I imagine this this uh, screenwriter meeting as it's like the big whiteboard, and it's like they're expected to get a lot of different ideas yeah. on there, but the first two were just good enough, and they're like, "Fuck it, we're done, man." As long as we get in there, we don't have to really think. I mean, uh, wait, how would you actually restart the core of the Earth? Oh, fuck it, bomb it. <laughs> Nukes, maybe? Fuck it, bomb it. Yeah, that sounds right. That, yeah, bomb the thing. Yeah, let's do that. So, Delorando's got both of them, and that's it. And then it's like, let's bring them back to Richard Jenkins. We've got our team now. And, I mean, this is literally 40, 40 minutes in because it takes so, so, so long it's so to get long. to where we need to Those, go. The first two set pieces were each, like, at least five minutes. yeah. And it's like big. And here's the thing with these, like with the Armageddon's and the deep impacts and the whatnot, there's always the one inciting incident before we figure out what the problem is. Yes. This movie has three of them before we're doing any kind of problem solving. Nope. And we're meeting all the characters. I mean, slowly. Like we spent a lot of time with Aaron Eckhart where I'm like, is this an ensemble movie? Yeah. <laughs> 
And I also had the weird, and it's just one of those things where you remember trailers wrong. I kind of remembered F. Murray Abraham being in this movie. <laughs> so I was kind of always waiting for And then I, F. Murray Abraham shows I up. mean, between 1998 and 2004, I kind of thought about that about most movies. <laughs> just, I was just pretty around. sure. I mean, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't see the hurricane, but I was almost positive <laughs> F. Murray Abraham was one of the lawyers that got him out. <laughs> it's entirely possible. It's completely plausible. There's, um... One little bit of nonsense before they meet Delroy Lynn. I just want to touch on it really quick sure. because it's totally useless. When Aaron Eckhart and and the Tooch are explaining to the government, like this is the situation, oh, like, this the- is what we're dealing with, yeah. and he's like, he grabs a peach, and then he's like, "Does anybody have any air freshener?" And I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking?" <laughs> and then he explains everything, and this guy, like this FBI agent, goes to like find. The air freshener. And he's gone for 10 minutes. (laughs) And he just continues talking, explains everything. And then he's the guy comes back like, here's your air freshener, Mr. Eckhart. And he's like, oh, perfect. Hey, Tooch, hold this. Toochie, like, touches his nose and he's got it, got it. What's going on? He's already got the lighter ready. And they just do the old, you know, like spraying an aerosol can at a lighter. And he burns this peach. And he's like, well, there you go. And I'm like... They all get it. At this well, point, they've already got it. They, they really it don't just want to say the world ends. Or maybe get some facts and figures out, possibly. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Guys, I need the fruit-burning demonstration. Look, they're a bunch of plebeian government, uh, you know, military guys. Look, we're in a movie called The Core. I have to use something with a pit. <laughs> it has to happen. Here's a, a useless piece of trivia is that... Um, they couldn't find a peach that worked well, so they cut an apple, like, cut an apple in half and then stuck a fake pit in it. Like, you're making the core. Come on. Just come on. <laughs> Use whatever peach that was there. Because you know what? <laughs> I guarantee you, of the seven peaches you tested, all seven were perfect for this <laughs> terrible movie. Well, that's, that's the problem. Is it's, it's perfectionism, Andrew. That's what really... <laughs> yeah. Bog this film down. <laughs> so we know who our team is. Yep. You know, we've got, you know, Hillary Swank and Bruce Greenwood superfluously are going to pilot this thing, but Bruce Greenwood's going to make it through the whole movie. Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> Don't, you know what? It's fine. It's, he's going to make it. He it's sure good, is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got, uh, Aaron Eckhart also, by the way, creates this insane navigation system <laughs> that is like, infrared magic where it's like it knows exactly what this laser can cut through and anything this laser can cut through it'll just be black it's like this weird like inverted light thing it's like how 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 is anyone coming up with this the and graphics why? the graphics on this thing look like a fucking 1994 doom cd-rom <laughs> yeah. i mean even in fucking deep impact they have years to develop Yes. Technology to prepare for the end of the Why world. Why would you this make this timetable so cut and close? Three months is all. Yeah, in in three months, the 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 whole world will go will black out. You know what I mean? It'll go back to the Stone Ages. Yeah. So yep. we really only have three months to make a spaceship that's going to go to the core. The single and- sales quarter to do this in. <laughs> That's it. Because you know what? Once this federal auditor comes through, they're fucked. It's, it's over. Oh, my God. I forgot. We, we're forgetting the most important member of the team, which is uh, DJ Qualls as Rat. Right. <laughs> because it's 2003, and, you know, we need a hacker, and it's a part of the – it's like you are foregoing so many logistical elements that would be really necessary to make this movie yes. real. Why do you have to be like, but what happens if the information gets out? What? Well, 
we'll have the world's greatest computer hacker, who's just this guy. But th- I mean, this is bullshit. Yeah. He's a one man NSA. Yes. Yep. He just he is going to hack the world and he's going to control the internet for a couple months. Yeah, that's it. That's all That's all it is. They don't want word getting out because they don't want mass hysteria about the you know the world ending which goes against every natural disaster thing like this ever. You know, yeah, everybody what? always knows the world's ending. Who cares? Well, you know what he's doing? He's hacking the planet. He is he says you want me to hack the planet. And, you know, he's like, all right. And, he, you know, he gives Richard Jenkins shit because he's a suit, but also likes Aaron Eckhart because he's, A, gorgeous, and, B, you know, he's a cool dude. He's the most fuckable dude in this cast. I keep saying it. And oh, he's also, he throws some sass to Tucci. Like, he's, he's like, hey, Tucci, how many languages do you speak? Five. And he's like, yeah, I only speak one. Zeros and ones. He like, tells Stanley Tucci. Shut the Tucci, fuck up, screenplay. He, this is what I'm talking about with these <laughs> snappy screenplays. He tells Stanley Tucci that all he needs is binary code to find out Stanley Tucci's sex fetishes. <laughs> well, that, and what's amazing, though, is Tucci plays this totally right because the look on the character's face is... What skeletons are in this rock star scientist's My closet? My walk-in sexual fetish closet. Mm-hmm. Oh man, all those trips to Thailand. <laughs> I'm so fucked. But yeah, he, he you know he's just like, and he's like a hacker dude. So he's like, all I need is a bunch of hot pockets, which oh, I love. God. Hot pockets and a collection of Xena Warrior Princess VHS yep. tapes. I'm like, what are you doing? Jerking off while you're doing this computer programming? Nobody needs it. Also, Nobody needs it. Nope. Also, it's the fucking government. Ask for whatever the fuck you want in Hot Pockets and Xena. The because, be, dude, because. You're not the trick rabbit. That's a joke. That's a joke. But that's the joke. Yeah. I, he doesn't care about money. All he needs is his little pewter box. Okay. And he needs Hot Pockets because he's a fucking 30-year-old baby. <laughs> that's it. So now we know who our team is. And now we're moving in fast motion to get to. It takes so long to get in the fucking ground. <laughs> There's literally a a high frame rate getting things done yep. building montage yep. in this. You you need a couple of them. And <laughs> the, my favorite shot of the movie is they're just walking in a field for no reason, and they look at the sky, and Hillary Swank's like, "Team, we better check this out." And I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You just you don't have no time to do anything else." But this leads to the San Francisco montage. Which is apparently, um, you know, part of the, part of what the core does is, and you know, prove me wrong, scientists, because I don't know shit about shit. I'm just <laughs> learning from the the core. Actually, <laughs> is you know, which it, I've already stated is a movie taught in science classes to show what wrong science <laughs> looks like. It deflects radiation from the sun, and right, you know, it the, keeps us it keeps us safe from solar flares. Yes, yeah. and a solar flare gets through and hits the fucking golden. Great bridge because it's a fucking monument, and it's it's the it's a total bullshit Michael Bay scene, which is we're following one guy's comedic sort of yeah demise, and he's a guy you've seen in a billion commercials, but it's hilarious because like, and this is going to happen later in this movie is the solar flare is coming down, and like everything around him is melting, and he's just like it's getting hot in here, like no you're you're, you're melting too you know what i mean like i i was I was going through the roof in this scene because outside tires are popping and melting, the bridge is melting, and this dude's in his car like oh, this a c can't go any lower huh? <laughs> yeah I, know. I, I, I bummer. I, 
Not a bead of sweat on this stand-up comedian's forehead. Again, we're going to get to it. Within 20 to 30 minutes of this movie, you're going to see nothing but grim death. <laughs> Why all of a sudden am I in like this fucking, you know, I this, need, this, this sketch dude, in this, the middle? This dude's getting hit with like a direct ray of sunlight. He needs to melt like a Nazi opening <laughs> up a box. That's, <laughs> that's one That of happens those... every time a Nazi opens a box. Oh, my shoes in here? <laughs> no, Heinrich, no! Oh, no! Heinrich opened the box. <laughs> By the way, this is one of those deaths where you don't even know what happened. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, like, a solar flare hits you. You're just dead. You're just disintegrated. Yeah, it's not like he looks up like, oh, no, a solar Ooh. flare. He takes off his hat, waves it at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just instant, instant death. And one of the dumbest mistakes this movie gets wrong is... Uh, there, you know, this happens and all of San Francisco is fucking destroyed because thank God a lot of people are dying. And they're watching from the command center. Hey, Richard, Je- Richard Jenkins is like, Oh no, the whole West Coast is without power. And you know what they're doing? They're watching news footage from the West, from San Francisco of people being loaded into stretchers. How are you getting cameras <laughs> if the West Coast is without power? Fucking movie, man. <laughs> so, so terrible. And Richard Jenkins, finally, one of the many reasons I love him to death is like, you better get down there. Like, yeah, you better an hour ago. Get down so there. So we take our spaceship, which, by the way, looks like a throbbing erection. Oh, it's a cocket. <laughs> it's a full-on cocket. This thing is a beautiful dildo <laughs> that King Kong would use. Yep. It's just a huge... Huge dildo. like, uh, And you know what? We'll have some pictures up on the Facebook page. I'm not just being a jerk. The top of this thing has a penis head. Yep. It just does. It looks exactly like a huge shaft. It's got segmented thing. It's, it's yeah. So we go, we, we launch, right? Let's just get into it. We, we're going down through the water. And the laser beams cut through everything. <laughs> this laser flashlight that's at the tip of this thing is just cutting through it. By the way, right before we burrow down into like the bottom of the ocean, uh, there's a bunch of whales. Oh yeah, and I guess like the signet, you know, the electromagnetic signature that this cocket is is blowing off sounds like whale songs. And Delroy, like someone's like, oh, there's the whales are singing at us, and Delroy Lindo's like, no. We're singing to them. And I was like, just get to the core. It'd be great if he just hits it. Yo, love. Take it, baby. Huh? Sing it with me, New York. Whales love Jackie Wilson. <laughs> or Howard Huntsberry, depending upon how many cuts you got. They Man, go nuts for Barry White. It'd be great if those whales started trying to fuck this dick. I thought that's what was going to happen. <laughs> I honestly did. I thought a whale was going to like get up, either like fuck it or fight it or <laughs> fight it and then fuck it after it's defeated. Rub up against it a little bit. I mean, it does do that. Yeah. I was like, oh, here. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> this didn't happen in Star I, Trek I mean, 4. Yeah, the whales were definitely flirting with the dick. <laughs> I don't know if they did anything with it. but But so then this fucking huge cocket burrows into a supple pink hole <laughs> that this laser makes. Drills the world. <laughs> it drills the... We are drilling the world. The, this movie, the tagline for this movie should have been, go fuck yourself, planet Earth. Because <laughs> all it is is this is the planet getting <laughs> fucked. This... Literally fucked <laughs> by humanity. No, no, no. It's this summer, get drilled. <laughs> This summer, Aaron Eckhart and Hillary Swank get drilled the core. Give the earth a good pegging. 
<laughs> this movie's terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to the bottom of the earth for no good goddamn reason, and it's just. Ugh, we're it, using our Wolfenstein navigation system to yeah. dodge rocks or whatever. And we hit a geode, right? <laughs> Whoops. Hank Schrader's, like, wet dream-sized <laughs> geode, this thing. So we have to get out and push. <laughs> Essentially, we have to get out and now, push. Now, Lindo kicks a stagmite off the tip of this cock, and, and then Bruce Greenwood gets murdered. Yeah, I mean, we all get, we all have to, we all get out, like, it's like, oh, let's stretch our legs outside in the center of the earth, because they have magic space suits, space suits made out of the same shit that the, the spaceship is made out of. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they get out and they have to, like, move stuff around, and I guess, for some reason, uh, Aaron Eckhart faints, I guess. Here's, so here's what happens with that, so... It's uh, Delroy Lindo is using like this gun that's powered by air or some nonsense and it breaks and he's like, oh, no, there's no oxygen getting to this thing. Aaron Eckhart pulls the oxygen tube out of his suit and and plugs it into the gun and uh, Delroy Lindo continues to cut. Who told you to stop cutting? (laughs) He continues to cut. And Aaron Eckhart passes out. Uh, also, by breaking through into this geode, what what Stanley Tucci refers to as the Geode Grand Canyon. <laughs> so they break down into the Geode Grand Canyon, and then a bunch of lava starts dripping into it. And they're like, oh, well, we've ruined this and possibly made things totally worse down here. Better get back in the ship. And yeah, Delroy does kick this geode off the thing, and he finally <laughs> kicks it enough, and it goes off. And Bruce, Gre- it's one of those great like movie deaths where it's like, "Hey, everything's great." It's like when uh, that kid runs through the window and home at the end of the world. It's like, yeah, <laughs> oh, and then he just starts bleeding to I'm death. Drinking with the adults, yeah. smash. <laughs> It's and, that. Yeah. Sort it, of. He's no like, one, hey, David, look at this. It spins his dad's gun and gets shot in the chest. <laughs> it's real. I, the, here's the thing that is kind of what this death is in this movie. The planet assassinates Bruce Greenwood <laughs> because he's like, all right, kids, time to go. And you just hear like a... And it's like a geode fragment has shot a into pebble. his head. Yeah, it's just a little piece of it. Bruce Greenwood gets assassinated with a pebble. I uh, knew I shouldn't have gone to the center of the earth. <laughs> he did play Kennedy yeah, in 13 in days. Oh, that's-, <laughs> that's right. Kevin Costner's just out there trying to protect oh, him. with that fucking accent. That movie's a pile of garbage. It's based on a book by Bobby fucking Kennedy, but I guess Bobby Kennedy doesn't look like fat Kevin Costner. So Kevin Costner has to be, uh, 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 I'm your, your, your Secret Service best friend from the old neighborhood. <laughs> Shut the fucking flying fuck up. Hey, uh, Jack, thanks for uh, giving me this job. <laughs> It's just like the old days. <laughs> what a coincidence that I would be in the Secret Service when you're the president. <laughs> Weird. Oh, that movie is... If you want to take a deep nap, mm-hmm. put on 13 days. It's longer than this, which is just amazing. <laughs> it's a real feat, is what it is. <laughs> and so Bruce Greenwood just goes... Bloop, in the lava it's really <laughs> hilarious it's he just like pleasantly falls in the lava and you know there's no like let's try to save him at all because that's how super dead he is yeah he's beyond dead delroy yeah. lindo's like like 
everyone else is like, oh, what happened? What happened? And Delroy Lindo's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. We got to just keep going. <laughs> well, I mean, and we're going to, I mean, now we're into it. This entire movie is, okay, we've done this in three months. So there's a lot of mistakes on this, on this cock ship. Yeah, it's it's Delroy Lindo being very apologetic, like, well, sorry, I only had three months. I didn't think of this. Sorry. Hey, it, remember that three months? Couldn't think of that. The reason that it stops this first time is Aaron Eckhart says, I didn't teach the navigation system to calculate empty space. Oh, right. They don't see the huge drop coming. He's like, if it's black, we can't cut through it. Which, by the way, movie, you have a giant flashlight laser. It can cut through anything. Yeah, that well, doesn't need to be a problem in this movie. Well, this movie, the pro- the thing of this movie is it's, and this is what the rest of the movie is specifically, is we have a central problem, which is, holy shit, the Earth's core broke down, and how do we fix it? Well, Aaron Eckhart has a reason to fix it. But it, now at every turn, there's going to be a new problem that Aaron Eckhart has to fix, which he does every single time. And it's a blood sacrifice every time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> li- yeah this fucking crew's going to get its hands dirty. It's, it's, it's. <laughs> It's 80% him doing math in his head and 20% picking which crew member is going to sacrifice themselves. Well, that's like if I was ever to be put in this situation where I was going to fucking, you know, the Armageddon meteor or or whatever the fuck, my first thought in the head is like, well, I'm dying. Yeah. I'm dead. I'm going up there and I'm going to die. Which is interesting. This movie does not have one of those scenes where they're like, all right, everybody, you realize this is a suicide mission. Yeah, yeah. we got to save the world. Like, there's none of that. It's, it's you... just, we just get right into it. Other than Checky Carriel being like, you know, I've got two daughters and a wife at home. Like, that's the only so personal you're dead shit. Dead meat, duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I mean, like, the good thing about us never being, having to be in this situation, we have no, like, marketable skills that would ever be oh, yeah, its use to I mean, anyone. Guys, there's a huge asteroid that's going to hit Earth, and we need four guys to go up in space. And talk for 90 minutes <laughs> in a comedic fashion and do cartoonish impressions of celebrities to thwart the meteor's <laughs> path. Here's the positive thing about knowing about the unpopular Stone Roses record. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's working! <laughs> you did it, Chris. You crossed the streams. So Aaron Eckhart wakes up and they're like, well, we got good news and bad news. Uh, good news is we're moving again. And he's like, oh, that's pretty good. And he's like, yeah, and it's a little hotter in here. He's like, is that the bad news? He's like, oh, no, Bruce Greenwood's dead. <laughs> Bruce Greenwood's dead and you're kind of responsible. Yeah. You know, is the underlying thing. It's like he got out to kind of save you because you fell over. Yeah. You know, this is, this is why on Star Trek... The captain isn't supposed to go nope. off the ship yep. with the away team. It's got to be Riker. It's got to be Spock. Whatever. Yep. Kirk yep. and Picard are supposed to stay on the ship for a reason. And Bruce Greenwood getting assassinated by a rock shard is that very reason. And uh, so he, you know, he, he's, he's bummed out about it. And then the next problem comes up, which is Cheki Karyov's like... Uh, looking up the um, the the nuclear codes in the nuclear room, whatever. <laughs> it's down at the the back end of the bottom of the shaft, shaft. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right where the balls might be, and right near the vest. Oh no, I only had three months to help design this spaceship, and I forgot to put the balls on. <laughs> I better take a left at the Vons, the friends. <laughs> so, oh. 
So he he's doing this thing, and then the for some reason, like I guess the pressure starts to crush the room, and it's like, oh shit! And Chucky Cario like gets Del Rolando and Aaron Eckhart out of the room, and he's like, you know, my friends, take these nuclear codes, I will survive. And like the you know, of course, the door has got like a locking mechanism, like an airlock, because you know, obviously, if, the, if there's a pressure leak, there's a big problem for this impossible spaceship in the center of the earth like right we're out hanging on by a thread as it is and <laughs> a lot of event horizon magic here going on <laughs> and it's a close and check carrier is very much like goodbye my friend and like <laughs> this is when aaron eckhart starts to lose his ever-loving shit oh my god if the mtv movie awards gave out a shitty popcorn trophy for best Temper tantrum. <laughs> no, the I, winner that year is Aaron Eckhart believe, for the core. I believe it would be best tizzy. Because <laughs> he's just like, no, oh no, oh come on, open the door. And he's like yelling at, he's yelling to uh, Hillary, Hillary Swank, and he's like, come on, Beck, open the door, open the goddamn door. Yeah, I'm yelling, open the door, and she does it, and he yells for four minutes, and then Chicken Carryout hilariously just kind of gets like smushed to death. It looks like <laughs> I said before we record. It looks like uh, Jonathan Price's apartment in Brazil towards the end of it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, getting, it's like <laughs> oh, there's more things in here. Oh no, there's more things here. It's it's a python bit. Like yeah, yeah, it just, is. It is. Like I'm picturing John Cleese like standing in a room, and he's like, "Well, that box wasn't there before." <laughs> and it's like every time you cut back, John Cleese has another box in his apartment. <laughs> and on the little screen, it kind of looks like one of like the mystery science theater rooms. Yeah, yeah. It does. <laughs> It does. It's really yeah. TV's Frank is getting crushed to death. Like, and Gypsy can't do anything about it. God, oh, 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 oh that vacuum cleaner puppet! <laughs> it's one of the dumbest things humanity's created. And um, so he's like, "Oh God, no!" And he dies, right? Yep. And fucking Aaron Eckhart is not having it. It's and it's really Monday morning quarterbacking. He runs into fucking the top of the spaceship, and he's like. Come on, Beck. What? What is your problem? Why did you open the door? I was yelling for you. <laughs> yelling so much. I was right there. I could have killed him. And the award for best tizzy goes to this. Take it and look at it. I was two inches from him. I was two inches and I told you to put the door up and you didn't. I was screaming for you. Why didn't you do it? Because I had to make that decision. Fate or God? No! You, damn it, you leave God out of this. Oh, my God. It's just so much. It's such a tizzy. It goes on and on and on and on. It really, <laughs> this movie is two hours and 14 minutes, and this is kind of one of the reasons. <laughs> because Hilary Swank says, what did you want me to do, like, four times? And his answer is, I was right there. And it's like, he's saying, like, well, how can you be so, like, flippant about this? It's like, because we're, we're trying to save the world. <laughs> and if I did what you wanted me to do, we'd all die. Yep. Yep. So I, you know, like, like my dead mentor, Bruce Greenwood, told me at the beginning of this adventure, I have to make the tough decisions, right? He's like, you don't become a leader until you know what it's like to lose. Yeah. You know? So, and here it is. Here's her making the right decisions and him being a fat, handsome baby. <laughs> so, uh, at this point, so the clock's running out. And um, also, for no good reason, 
DJ Qualls <laughs> rat is in the command center, which makes absolutely no sense. Where yeah, this, you know well, you you're you're working from home with this. You know the government's going to set you up at like a safe house or something. Yep, yeah. A bunch of supercomputers. You don't need to be at NASA with everybody else. You know, you're giving this guy clearance codes. Really, <laughs> yeah, this is happening yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I guess you need a Billy Bob Thornton because Richard Jenkins obviously does not give a shit. Well, Richard Jenkins, I don't understand. Richard Jenkins' role in all of this. Like, no. He's supposed to be a, a, a general guy, of, yeah. of some kind, but he knows nothing about the problem. Like, it's. There's. Uh, we keep saying NASA, but, like, NASA's not involved no, no. in this. It's just the military. It's yeah. a military command center, but Richard Jenkins keeps having to be like, hey, so how's everything going? And Alfred <laughs> Woodard's like, it's fine. Go sit in the corner, and if I need to, you know, launch a rocket at Syria, I'll do that. Well, because I'll they, ask you about that. It's weird because they actually do the exact opposite of what they do in Armageddon. In Armageddon, on the rock, there's, like, three different storylines going yes. on. And there's just Billy Bob Thornton back at the base. <laughs> right. In this, there's three people back at the base, and there's just this one little cramped area where all the heroes are. <laughs> it's kind of a chamber drama, honestly. <laughs> it is. And this is when secrets come home to roost uh, in this chamber <laughs> drama, which is apparently Stanley Tucci was part of something called the Destiny Project, which was like trying to make a, I don't even, trying it to like, weaponize earthquakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I, I gleaned from this which as well. Which is what cause to put uh, Aaron Eckhart's genius into words here put the wrench inside the engine that is the core and Stanley Tucci's advice is like oh you know now for some reason we should just do the Destiny Project again and it'll, we'll redo it and it'll be fine it's also a funny thing where they explain like what the Destiny Project is and everybody's like hey Richard Jenkins why on earth would you create this weapon <laughs> and his response is like well, we discovered how to do it, and then we had to build it before someone else built it. I'm like, oh, America. <laughs> God damn it. We're our own undoing. We're all just mustachioed Richard Jenkinsons here. Yeah, and you know, the thing about it is this movie, like, that all comes to light, right? And there's no consequence to it. Oh, absolutely. Like, well, no. Well, you're, you're, you're spoiling the Watchmen ending. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Because it ends on everything coming to life, but we don't know what's going to happen. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Now you just reminded me of how bad that movie is. Yeah. Anyway. I was referring to the graphic novel. Uh, <laughs> so, but, you know, uh, because they, oh, they, they find out that the core is of a different density because they were just guessing. And <laughs> look, <laughs> Delroy Lindo keeps reminding us there was only three months. So he's There's like, only so many calculations you can do in 90 days. So they're like, okay, uh, that's plan B is the Destiny Project. And uh, Aaron Eckhart's like, no, plan C is we keep going and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> just figure it out on the way. We wing it, baby. Well, because this whole movie, he's just doing a bunch of silent math in his head. So he's like, listen, just let this noodle keep going, man. Something's going to vomit out of my mouth at some point. Just I mean, keep digging. We've got like two other people who can die before I die, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't worry about this. I got this. He's like, it's either me or Hillary Swank. It's gonna be last yeah. in this movie. Hopefully, both of us. I'm the and you know, but yeah. So we'll, I think I'm fine. And so basically, uh, in tandem of they're trying to do the Destiny Project upstairs, and DJ Qualls has all sorts of hacking dramas where he's crying I while see, hacking. I was just gonna say, <laughs> crying while hacking is one of. My, in three years, one of my most favorite notes I've ever written. 
crying while hacking. He's the, hacking so hard he bursts into tears. <laughs> the whole thing is like, they're like, listen, we're going to do this. He's like, you can try to launch off your thing, but fuck you, says Richard Jenkins. Like, we're doing it. We're launching it. And Tucci, you know, wants to turn around because he's like the coward of the movie. And so... <laughs> DJ Qualls like sends a text message, like an encrypted text message to Aaron Eckhart. And he's like, hey, heard about this destiny situation. How can I help? And Aaron Eckhart's like, LOL, stall them. So <laughs> also, you're not a character in this movie, yeah. but thanks anyway. Yeah, this is how they try to, you know, speaking of wrenches in the machine, try to th- throw him in here. It's like he's trying to hack into the government thing and he keeps getting denied. And he's just denied so many times he starts crying. <laughs> It's amazing. It's really good. It's like he's, he keeps on trying out for the football team. It doesn't work out for him. But it's like he can't be upset that these he knows these people are going to die because he met them, like, what, once for 15 minutes? Yes. And he, he, he has no interest in any of this. He's just a guy that wants fucking Hot Pockets, as far as I can tell. And Xena jerk Zena. tapes. That's all he wants. <laughs> and to play Pong on his computer. Yeah, he's playing a little bit of Pong there. That's funny. So they roll the death dice and Delroy Lindo's number comes up, right? And it's what this is my favorite are you kidding me science of the movie. And there's a lot of them. And so basically something something we need to start separating the ship, but the only way to do it is to do it manually, obviously. It's always yeah. that you know what? If there was 4 months <laughs> We would have had a computer automation to separate, <laughs> yeah. but we got to do it manual, man. Only ninety days. And apparently, while do it, while having to do this operation, they say it's going to be nine thousand degrees. Nine thousand degrees. It exists. It's it's hotter than it's, it's as hot as the sun, which is great. But the funny thing is, is like they're like, well, Delroy and Linda, what are these suits? How much can these suits withstand? He's like, well, half that. So let's just. Here it is. It's 9,000 degrees in this room. It's 4,500 4, degrees is, the, is what this suit can withstand. The, and he goes in there and starts to do this thing manually. And he's just like, oh, it's really hot. Getting hot in here. Like, no, 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 no. It's still 4,500 degrees hotter than your suit is allowing. You're not you're, walking in there. You're dead. Shade rising. Yes. <laughs> I was like, how did they open the door? <laughs> exactly. How did any of this How take place? On the ship. It's inside the ship. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not if if all I can lift, if all I can bench press is a hundred pounds, and then you you put another hundred pounds on that, I'm dead immediately because yeah. my bo- you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, it's really, really heavy. <laughs> no, no, no. The maximum I can withstand is is the is the one thing, and now you're doubling it. By the way, uh both Delroy Lindo's death and especially Checky Cario's death are caused because Hillary Swank crashes into a bunch of diamonds. <laughs> like, she's like, oh, hang on, fellas. Apparently, this laser that can cut into the core of the Earth can't cut through diamonds. And I know they're supposed to be, like, the hardest material ever or, or whatnot, but, like, Shut up! But just shut up! Yeah, <laughs> just just shut up. How about that? <laughs> shut up for a while. We're in an unobtainium ship. <laughs> yeah, get over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're you're burrowing to the center of the earth in a cock made out of something called unobtainium, and one of the rooms in your dick is nine thousand degrees hot, <laughs> and you have nukes on board. So, oh, of course, <laughs> oh, we have to have nukes on board. So. 
Del Relando's dead by the power of fucking ra- reason. And they don't, they, unfortunately, he just kind of like, his, his, he's like, oh, it's so hot. Oh, my heart came out. No, no, no. You're, you're a puddle of Delroy Lindo goo. <laughs> That's, that, that is some, that is some Delroy Lindo gumbo. Like, <laughs> it's like speaking of some spicy bam gumbo. It's like when they drink the liquor in street trash. <laughs> <laughs> just. A puddle. <laughs> he had to be. Yeah, he's frosty at the end of that thing. He's just a hat and a fucking corncob pipe. Like, that is it. What's amazing, though, is the way the movie decides to do it is he breaks down, like, piecemeal. Yeah. So he's walking in this thing. Walking, but in 9,000 degrees, mopping his brow. The fucking a door, a first of door all, opens. all the... Yeah, the second the door opens, first all the ice in his lemonade glass melts. <laughs> and then, like, his little headlights on his helmet burn out. And he's his, like, oh, his, his glasses right. fog then, up. Then his glasses <laughs> fog up and shatter. <laughs> 9,000 degrees. <laughs> Why not a million? <laughs> It would be, you know, it's 2003. I would love it if they played Smash Mouth in this song. <laughs> you might as well be walking on the song. because that's a scene. Like, hey, can I get a little music in here? And Hillary Swank just turns it on. <laughs> yeah, that's no in. joke. And he's just melting. <laughs> like, I always wanted to die out listening to an ironic song. <laughs> Thank you very much. Kind of wished it was two weeks, but... <laughs> What I love, too, is when he does the thing, which, again, just kind of involves him kicking something yeah, he or like, twisting a, a whatnot. Pumping yeah, the manual, yeah. such and such. <laughs> she's like, she's like, all right, Delroy Lindo, turn around. Like, we can get <laughs> yeah, you out of there. And he goes, turn around that 9,000 degree room if you can. Dude, if, this, if a movie ever needed a John Carroll Lynch-esque melting, <laughs> yes. oh, it's yeah. this. Absolutely. Instead, it's oh. just like a magical whiteout. Like yeah. a second door opens, bringing in more heat. Yeah, and some thi- and, and he's a white va- just he's vaporized. <laughs> he's just uh, so. I guess that only happens at what ten thousand <laughs> degrees. That's instant vaporization. But nine thousand is just like, oh, gotta pat my forehead through this spacesuit. I should have wore shorts today. <laughs> what was I thinking? Wearing jeans on this mission. <laughs> Black t-shirt? I really... <laughs> 9,000 <laughs> degrees. Oh, man. Uh, so he's dead. So, yeah, he's dead. And now it's Stanley Tucci's turn to die, because we're getting a little closer to the core. This, and- mo- this, this episode is just a checklist of hilarious deaths. <laughs> it's a really good one. And, you know... For some reason, I don't know how they expected to move the nuclear bombs, but like now they have to do it by hand, and it's just you know, uh, it's Aaron Eckhart and Stanley Tucci. You kind of wanted Delroy Lindo still around to help you move around those nuclear yeah, bombs. Yeah, you want a bigger dude with not, like not a little more <laughs> upper body strength, because uh, that's exactly what happens. Is one of them it it tips over and pins Aaron Eckhart against a wall, and he's like. Come on, Stanley Tucci, just lift it off me. Just how I'm pushing, you have to pull. And he's like, I can't. <laughs> it's one of those things where he like he he like puts his hand on. He's like, can't. Uh, too late. Gotta go. He's like, oh, it's it's hot and heavy. Yeah, I can't. Oh, do oh this. I tried so hard. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to do this. I gotta go. Bye. Sorry. I tried. I tried. I tried. I really did. <laughs> and then uh, Hillary Swank, I think, runs into it. Run 
runs afoul of a diamond the size of Cape Cod, <laughs> which is a line in this movie, and like jerks right, and the the nuke the nuclear weapon goes <laughs> bounces off. off the wall. It does, and rolls over fucking Stanley Tucci's foot. <laughs> He's like Phil Leotardo. <laughs> He's like, ow! <laughs> Just <laughs> Stanley Tucci gets run over by a nuke in a fucking upstate New York <laughs> gas station parking lot. While his grandkids are <laughs> Some fat kid's like, oh, shit! <laughs> it's my favorite part of that whole scene. Oh. That whole series. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and he's just like, ow, it's inside my foot. And like, Aaron Eckhart's like, yeah, I got nothing, man. <laughs> and this is like, Stanley Tucci, by the way, has already, before Delroy Lindo goes in the 9,000 degree room, he's like, hey, by the way, sorry I stole that shit from you and made millions off your idea. Bye. Yeah, so he's redeemed. And he also re- comes up with the idea of how to fix the nuclear thing, which is got something to do with like well if we do it in just the right order it's like a yeah it's like a ripple effect thing so they're like instead of launching off all the payload at the same time you do one here let the shock wave go launch another one and then the wave will build up and it's lucky that this this dick is segmented in such a way because that's that's just why did we think of that? Well, because we're in the... Co- I don't know if we said it. We're in the core at this point. Oh, yeah, we're, we're in the core. We're in the core, <laughs> and it looks like the alternate universe in Pacific Rim. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that monster it's universe. It's just kind of like a bunch of stuff, like lights going on. Well, that's... Th- I was really hoping for some monsters, like some last-minute monsters. That was the thing. Yeah. I had never seen this movie, and I... On- I mean, like I said, I thought it came out in the 90s. Like, I totally missed this movie. And I was like... What are the odds we got some monsters? Yeah, like yeah, a like, good, like, you know, Skyward Sword flying dragon. Yeah. And let me tell you something. That would have made it kind of cool. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a, there's a lizard people world. And yeah, then, like, like it starts off like an Armageddon type movie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's a Pacific Rim type movie or like an Event Horizon. Like there's something down here. Maybe the thing's extended family live down there. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the thing vacations. When he wants to get away from the really cold weather, <laughs> he goes to the center of the earth. Maybe there's a bunch of Daleks down there. <laughs> Exterminate Eckhart. <laughs> no, he's too handsome. <laughs> Negate extermination. Uh, and so Stanley teaches like, well, this is on my foot. I'm dead now. And <laughs> well, this is on my foot now. So oh. I'm just going to smoke this one last cigarette, and then you can shove me off. He smokes a cigarette, and then he's like, the, one of his like annoying things is like he has a little, he's like writing a book or something, and he's like recording into a, a recorder. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a little mono- tape recorder. He's making notes. Monologuing about stuff, and he's doing it. And as he's going into the core of the earth, he realizes how ridiculous it is and starts laughing. It's actually, it's probably, I got a total legitimate laugh because he's doing it and he's like, fading into the heated core. I think back to my boyhood days on the vineyard or like whatever yeah. horseshit thing it is. And he stops and he just goes, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so funny. It's, it's so, that line so lands. It's, it's a real Stanley Tucci winner. And, and then, it, you, and then it's like we rack focus to this nuke countdown <laughs> and he has like four seconds to live and he, he just explodes. It's great. You think that a uh, wig is making it? Like it's just everything else is gone, but Stanley Tucci's wig is just in the it's core like of the, the earth. All of these. All of these nukes didn't really cut it, but somehow the jump starts happening. 
we can't explain it, but the world is saved. And then it's like camera effect back down to the core and you see the core <laughs> spinning and there's just this like little silver dot and you're like, what is it? And it gets closer to the core and it's just the wig <laughs> is caught on like this crack and it's like keeping it all together. I'd love it. Like the sideburns are still visible. It would be awesome. And I mean, now we, I mean, we fixed the core. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, now the whole thing is the end of Pacific Rim. Like, yeah, we just got to get back up. up, you know. Well, they have to eject their nuclear. They realize that they don't have enough nuclear, uh, whatever, uh, nuclear bombs. They're like, well, what else could we do? Well, it's dark. Let's, let's eject the warp core. So that's what they do. <laughs> Pretty much. They, they have their nuclear reactor that gives them all their power. T. <laughs> Aaron Eckhart hauls the core. <laughs> yeah, he does. The engine core. Up the stairs while it burns his hands. And there's there's a bullshit thing here. It was only eight hundred. It was I'm sorry. It was only fifty five hundred degrees in that room, so it wasn't so bad. It was no. That was a walk in the park. <laughs> yeah, I mean he. It was probably like three hundred he could withstand, and this was just. A but he's real. Like he's really like breaking balls, like pulling this thing up the stairs, and you just hear the whole time like the like the sizzle. <laughs> And then, like, he does it, and Hillary Swank's like, you know, you did it, good job, everything's fine, it worked. And he's like, take my gloves off. And you you have that line, yeah. right? And he says it, like, weakened and kind of cryptically. I'm expecting she pulls this glove off, and it's just his hand is, like, cut in half. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, both of his hands, like, just fall on the floor. It's like cooked roast beef or something. <laughs> yeah. like- it's just a bunch of au jus sauce just everywhere. <laughs> Two hoagies on his, on his wrist. It's when they, like, lime you in uh, Fight Club. <laughs> but, I mean, he's just got, like, some burns that he puts yeah. some bandages on. Yeah. It's fine. It's like, Ooh, that coffee was too hot. I burned myself a little bit. It was like I burned my thumb on a lighter last week. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's what happened. It's all raw. And they're like, oh, we're fucked. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we could ride the shockwaves back to the top of the earth. Again, it's more mental math. Like if there was ever a need for some beautiful mind-esque like numbers graphics, you know, where he's just seeing all this shit. Like it's stupid, but at least it's something because the two of them sitting there and like they've, they've, you know, accepted their death. And then he's like. Wait a second. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, yeah, wait a, like, what? A, like a good, beautiful mind sweep of all the numbers. Yeah, exactly. he's looking at the big board. Yeah. I mean, I an animated that. physics equation isn't the most exciting <laughs> thing, but at least it's something other than just staring at that ruggedly handsome face, yeah. which only gets you so far. And Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> Swish. <laughs> no, she's a, she's a good looking woman. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great. So and, they pull out of the core. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, because it takes them literally three days to get down to the core. Yeah. And the screenwriter's like, I don't know. I don't want to do another whole three more days. And like, well, my pizza's getting cold. (laughs) Come on. Hey, come on. (laughs) Well, they ride the nuclear blast. They'll get back in like, I don't know, four hours. Is that better? Yeah, Yeah. that's all right. (laughs) Why is uh, why is uh, all the writers in this writers room uh, played by Fred Stoller? <laughs> ah, come on, hey, it's fine. Yeah, but we got to make it realistic. So uh, they lose power at the other end. How about that? <laughs> well, that's what's it's ridiculous. Is he's like we were riding this heat wave, riding yeah. the heat wave. It's a heat wave, <laughs> riding this heat wave, right? And he's like, well, now we're back on the bottom of the ocean. It's cold as fuck. We're stuck down here. We got no communication. 
What could possibly save us? Back pocket. <laughs> I, uh, what, what do you got back there? Back what do you the got whales? back there? Fred Stoller screenwriter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that thing about the whales. <laughs> Remember that one? Oh, shit, the whales. That's right. <laughs> oh, hey, I got to call my ma. Tell her I solved the problem with the whales. Oh, well, Navy ships looks for whales. So hey, it's, maybe we should use that hacker character that didn't have a lot to do. <laughs> Maybe he'll fix it all. This is the biggest pile of horse shit in the whole thing. So they're like, all right, let's go out on this battleship and let's, look for them. We think they might be somewhere. Right. Let's bring DJ Qualls along yeah. because he's the hacker. <laughs> That's the bullshit part I'm talking about. You're not bringing the hacker with you. This guy does not have the clearance for that. Well, That, that guy is in the middle of the fucking... The Ar- the Hercules arc in Xena. You can't ask him to go away from that. <laughs> He's mid-jerk in Xena season three. And at this point, what's his face? Richard Jenkins, I mean, like, knows that, by the way, uh, after all of the tears, uh, DJ Qualls <laughs> was able to stop the evil other machine from doing what it was. It was hacked. And Richard Jenkins has this sly look of like, I don't know about you, but I guess the world is safe. But why would you bring him? Like, you're like, oh, that guy's not trustworthy. Yeah. So that's it. It's like, here's the thing. The world is saved. Like, the job's done. They know it's done. Yeah. Thank you very much. They don't know where, you know, Aaron Eckhart and the, sh- the cockship is, but they know that the job is done. Yeah. Richard Jenkins, you as the crooked military general also have your suspicions that DJ Qualls fucked with your, your destiny project. This is where you realize, okay, I don't need him anymore. The 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 the, the core is spinning. Yeah. Earth is fine. Shoot him in the head. Yeah. Not well, even shoot him. Just jail. Just put him in, yeah. in military jail. jail. I'll meet I'll meet you both halfway. He gets wagged the dog at the end. It's just like a fucking <laughs> in, injection heart attack. Well, because that's where the genius of Michael Bay really would have helped out. Because he's like, that's a plot point. I could play with that. Yeah. And it was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, let's put him in jail. He dies. Something like that. The guy's got to do something. Best case scenario, he never sees the sun again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, instead, I'm going to bring him along on this trip, even though I'm pretty confident he sabotaged the plan that I decreed I'm... as a general had to happen. <laughs> that cost at least $2 billion. Easy. Oh, yeah. Easily oh, $2 billion. And he has dollars. all of the country's biggest secrets. Whatever. And yeah. so he fi- he realizes that the whale song, oh, my God, and he screams out, oh, my God, it's the whales. And he's he's like, just <laughs> yelling and dancing on this fucking aircraft carrier. He's probably crying a little bit. Oh, there's definitely some hacker tears. <laughs> <laughs> he's the weepiest hacker I've ever seen. He's crying he, about hacking. He's crying about whales. He's, he's, he's a hacker. He's jumping around a lot. You think those jeans are probably going down a little bit with each jump? <laughs> yeah. And then eventually it's just boxers. <laughs> And so they fi- they find them, and that's the end. And they're like, "Oh, Hillary Swank has this moment of like, it's a shame no one will ever know what Chucky Cario, Stanley Tucci, or Delroy Lindo, or Bruce Greenwood did to save the world." And Aaron Eckhart's like, "You think?" Cut to DJ Qualls dressed up as the lead singer from New Radicals. <laughs> Fucking, you get what you give when yeah. you work for a secret government mission. My favorite part about this scene, he's at a place called Cyber Cafe. Yeah. He walks in, he puts down a folder with government secret <laughs> on the cover. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> a bunch of skull and crossbones. <laughs> Classified <laughs> folder, and he hits a he hits an icon. He hits an icon called Unsung Heroes dot doc, and <laughs> double clicks it, and he uploads it to the world. And like the last 
five minutes of this three-hour piece of shit is like all of these like news reports are coming in that the world almost ended. Like, a this would be immediately debunked. It's easy to be like, oh, that was that's fucking fan fiction. What that's do you want a lie. Here? That yeah. was that was some slash fiction. Unobtainium. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, that's, that that's not a real thing. That's at all. clearly bullshit. <laughs> like, what what craft could ever withstand the Earth's core? Some some fact checker at CNN's reading it, and he's like. 9,000 degrees. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. I'll get our science guy in here. You don't need the science guy. 9,000 degrees. Did you read it? The intern figured out this was horse shit. Hey, mailroom guy. Yeah. What what do you think about 9,000 degrees? Nah, probably not. (laughs) Crinkles it up and throws it in the garbage. And Here's a a little loose end. Because this movie is actually almost smart enough where nobody else has family, so it would make sense. Like when these people die, or no, no family we know of, yeah. when they die, like nobody's going to miss them. What about Chucky Cario's wife and daughter, yeah. or daughters? Like, aren't they like, hey, what, what happened to dad? Like, where did he go? You know what? I seriously think it's Richard Jenkins putting a fucking two in the head. He would have to, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. just. Just make them disappear, man. That's what it is. I'm going out for some cigarettes. I'll see you later. <laughs> or they're like, or like he sticks them where he's like manning a sphere station. <laughs> sphere. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for a conversation about a totally watchable movie. I really like yeah, that. Really <laughs> too, but also, by the way, you know what this movie needs to end on? And I can't think of the movie right now that does it, but maybe it'll jog your memories. This movie, because of the nature of the the, the hack ending, <laughs> the hacker ending, <laughs> uh, it needs to end with a Moby song. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right? Well, uh, the born, born identity. The born that's supre- what, that's what and I'm the thinking born of. supremacy. That's what I'm thinking of, is yeah. that Moby song that ends yeah. those flicks. Instead, we get Jared Leto's 30 Seconds to Mars. <laughs> Oh, Listen. I believe Gone in 60 Seconds also had a Moby. Oh, does it? I'm almost positive. Speaking of stay tuned. But that band is terrible. He's t- I hate Jared Leto. Yeah. I, I don't I, care. I, if, I don't hate I him. Sta- I, I don't hate him. Stand. But I'll tell you what. You want to pull your hair out. You watch that Chapter 27 where he portrays Mark David oh, Chapman. Yeah, you can have that. And Lindsay Lohan's a something something. Yeah. That's great. Oof. That Mr. Nobody. I keep it. Mr. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a bad flick. It's so fucking stupid. That was a movie where it was like getting tons of praise, and I was like, this seems impossible. It's 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 a movie that stars Jared Leto. And he's fronting it. (laughs) Jared Leto presents a Jared Leto film starring Jared Leto, written by Jared Leto. Soundtrack by 30 Seconds to Mars. (laughs) And Jared Leto. (laughs) Would anybody recommend The Core Man? Uh, not really. It's 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 well, it's a, it's a pretty strong no because it's a bunch of bullshit and it's a really kind of a painful watch. It's it's that runtime, man. If we can if we can get to the core within twenty minutes, which is totally doable from a movie <laughs> standpoint, if we could all just get our shoes on, you know, get ready, come on. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If this movie was like a nineteen sixties Hollywood C movie, like yep. the plot totally is. First of all, the movie would only be about 70 minutes anyway. So, like, you would – it's it's feasible. You can yeah. get to the core in 20 minutes. Yeah, like, even start on it because it's such bullshit. I would rather start on it and not know, you know, oh, is it the future? Is it not the future? Yeah. Like, Sure. Why not? It's, it's No, it's it's a big no. It's it's a no for me too because it, it is like if – like, think of something like Contagion where they mm-hmm. splinter the plot so much because it is a worldwide epidemic. Yeah. And – 
after the first few set pieces, you're literally in like two rooms. You're either in the ship or you're in the military base. Yeah, you're t- you're totally it, right. It's boring as shit. It's just one office or another. And like, then the <laughs> core just looks like a bunch of white shit floating around. Like it just it's it's not anything. And yet two two hours and fifteen minutes of my life. It's unbelievable. Like there were several times where I paused it to go to the bathroom or something, and I was like, how? How is there still like 38 minutes left in this movie? I would not recommend it either. I would totally not recommend it. There are so much better uh, examples of like sci-fi, like wacky sci-fi that knows that it's wacky and it's not mm-hmm. taking itself seriously. Or honestly, fucking Michael Bay movies. They're totally it's fine. The it's more watchable. We watch watch a uh, goddamn Independence Day. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't totally. know if there's a disaster movie I like less than this. I honestly don't. <laughs> no, it well, maybe Deep Impact, but it's really no, it's even worse worse than Deep Impact. Because Deep Impact at least is like trying something. Let's like, let's see, let's see the emotional Deep Impact. This is like. You get nothing. You get literally nothing. And because it's this movie's decision to have the characters be like, listen, nobody can know about this. Yeah. yeah. So there's no, that's why no we're in chaos. two rooms. Yeah, because it's, it's only people in two rooms that know what's going on. Well, because of the making the Steve Sadak money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the thing with the money. Yeah. <laughs> the thing of the fa- fingers means the money. That's The Core from 2003, directed by John A. Meal. If you want uh, more information about this fine program, check out whmpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Twitter handle is at whmpodcast. Write us emails if you would like. We all hit movies at gmail.com. Our sister show, Blame It on Outer Space, still going strong. They have uh, an episode on the war on Christmas that was just out. So if you don't have any New Year's plans, you're listening to this and uh, maybe some Blame It on Outer Space also. Blame It on Outer Space.com at Blame Space Pod on Twitter. Both of these fine programs are available on iTunes and Stitcher. Rate and review there if you could. We would greatly appreciate it. Spend your New Year's Eve telling a friend or a complete stranger you meet at a party about we hate movies tell them how much you like it spread the word about the show we would greatly appreciate first get your calls in we'll get the calls in right before you before you go to the party get the calls in although i said this last week i would appreciate a call from a new year's party where there's a bunch of people yelling you know hi we hate movies that would be fantastic i I would appreciate a good drunk dial like yes please drunk dial us on new year's eve i want i expect a lot of last second drunk dials from people it would be fantastic and by the way like we said that window does close on midnight eastern tonight the stroke of midnight the birth of 2014 the death of 2013 is the death of this call window 718-925-3893 also remember it's coming up on january you got till january 31st all you digital animators out there the animation damnation animation contest Give us your best one to two minute segment from our He-Man She-Ra Christmas special episode and you'll get a whole lot of plugs from us. Uh, That's it. Happy New Year, everybody. We will see you in 2014, starting the year with the worst of 2013. Until next time, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Chris Kappen. Take it easy. (laughs) 